0: This Air Force Base here in Roswell, New Mexico is the center of a controversy back in 1947 that over 40 years later still remains unsolved. Remnants of a mysterious craft were found on a remote ranch, and allegedly stored here in Hangar 84. To this day, there are many who believe it was a UFO. When we first heard of the incident at Roswell, we assumed it was just another UFO sighting that could be easily explained. A distant aircraft, an errant missile, or perhaps it was just a hoax. However, eyewitness accounts and disturbing evidence suggest that something strange happened here at Roswell, something that cannot be easily dismissed. Jacob to America is presented by the good people at the Bodbelly Belly Network. My fellow Americans, we are fortunate to be alive. Killer? They need them to protect us from the number one killer in history. Protect number us from one, the Central, central university. university. A study, A study on the Y is of 209. A, study A study on of the called Pimlicide. <inaudible> coming to, no, to, to an end. everybody wants all the details about no. the, huh. the details oh. that we had in our possession? In our possession. There's no saying in Tennessee. I know it's a tension from Tennessee. This is a tension from Tennessee. 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 Shame on you. Shame on
1: you. Shame on you. You fool me, we can't get fooled. Sh- you fool me, we can't get
0: fooled again. Like we always do about this time Boom, alright everybody, welcome to episode 350 of the R.J. Do America Podcast I'm your host, in the place to be Mr. Jacob And sitting right across from me Looking as lovely as ever in his L.A. galaxy gear Is the brown recluse Mr. Art Trail Art, say hello to the
1: million and millions guys what the fuck is up guys uh go to cavemancoffee.com check out their entire inventory they got the coffee beans they got the hibiscus tea they got cacao butter they got everything your heart desires use promo code america at checkout to receive 15% off tell them martin Jacob sent you take a picture of yourself wearing the fucking sweatshirts they sell drinking the coffees you know and use that promo code america to uh, get that 15% off Beautiful. Uh, That's all
0: I got. Nice. So, uh, speaking of sponsors, guys, I need everyone to head on over to apparel.com where the great and powerful Nicole Smith Bosch has put together an illustrious array of merchandise for a consumption pleasure. Valentine's Day is vastly approaching. It is only like two and a half weeks away, I believe. Yeah. Uh, so, get that ass on top of it. I am not ready for Valentine's Day. Hell, my my head is still like in like oh, dude, it's gonna be like Halloween next week. So yeah. like my mind's still technically in September. So if you're foggy-brained and retarded like you're, myself uh, and you still haven't gotten your significant other anything for Valentine's Day, guys, I highly recommend heading on over to Sucre Apparel, uh, buy something that you want, love, or desire for somebody that you want, love, or desire for Valentine's Day. But before you hit checkout, guys, I need everyone to enter promo code Art and Jacob. Nicole will give you 10% off of your entire purchase. But Art, we're not here to talk about how I am lagging on the purchasing of any Valentine's Day presents or accoutrement mm-hmm. for my significant other.
1: Art, what are we here to talk about today? Guys, this is part two of the Roswell conspiracy or Roswell UFO crash or Roswell, Roswell in general.
0: Correct, yeah. <laughs> they have a uh, a splendid uh, a cafe on 24th Street. Um, yeah. I highly recommend. Um, and then on Tuesdays, uh, they have a a, con- a free concert in the park, if you will. So uh, Roswell? No, I don't know. I'm just making oh. all that shit up. Because if we're talking about Roswell... I was going to say the- they
1: have a cafe on 24th Street. I thought you were talking about Baker Street <laughs> 24th Street Cafe. Uh, yeah, that's probably where I was, where like, was drawing oh, I, I thought, it. I was like, is, he, is this a real thing? I was... Bakersfield's Baker cool now. Nope. No. <laughs> no. Apparently Roswell, like when I
0: th- like when you hear about Roswell, like you always just think of like like just dust everywhere and like sand dunes and shit. Basically, you think about the movie Dune and shit. Yeah. But apparently, it's just like a bustling fucking hub
1: of fucking metropolitan activity. Oh yeah, they deserve their own fucking baseball team the, <laughs> Roswell Isotopes yeah Roswell Aliens the legal aliens <laughs> the legal aliens, the legal aliens. <laughs> <laughs> they're just fucking Mexicans with they're, like
0: tr- latinos for Trump bumper stickers and shit
1: yeah i uh, yeah I, uh, <laughs> that's one of my favorite things about like small cities or whatever and like trying to come up with like baseball team names for them or, like like minor league hockey teams like the like we have the Condors here. Yeah. Like I still think we should be calling them the Bakersfield Bluffs, the Buff Bluffs, the Fighting Bluffs. There you go. But um yeah. I we don't... were
0: going to be the Bakersfield Bombers, but then that that was around the Bakersfield time Bakersfield Bombers. Yeah, but then that was like right around the time of like 9/11 and then like we're like
1: Ooh, really? Wow, I don't remember that. At not
0: all. not for the hockey team, but remember, like, well, we st- I guess we still have the Bakersfield Jam, the NBA developmental team or whatever. Yeah. So like the rumor was in the Bakersfield, California, is like we're getting an NBA D League team, folks, and we're gonna be called the Bakersfield Bombers. And this was like in literally like the year two thousand and whatnot, right? Yeah. And then obviously 9-11 happens. And-
1: what? Who came up with bombers? It's like Bakersfield. It's like so many options. You could be like the Bakersfield. Bla- remember the Bakersfield Blaze? Like that made sense because it was hot here. Yeah, the Bakersfield like Blitz. Remember
0: like, the arena football
1: team we I had? I never, I never saw them, but I know I remember the Blitz. That was a good name though. Yeah, the yeah. blitz. Like it just said something sort of with the B, the big little balloons. <laughs> <laughs> just a bunch of balloons. Just whatever you want to call them, you know. Beignets. The little beaners. <laughs> 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 just like whatever you want to have, you know, just like <laughs> something. It's just rhymes, you know. <laughs> Just, just words like, that I
0: would love to have a Bakersfield Beaners hat. Like it's just <laughs> it's just like the Cleveland Indians logo. Just take out the feather or yeah, it's Just yeah.
1: a little bean because we produce a lot of beans here. Yeah, it's like Mexican Mexican baseball teams. Like they have the Tomateros, they have the Frioleros, the, oh, and shit. yeah, they have things like that. And it's like, oh, we're just going. We produce a lot of beans. We're we're, we're the <laughs> we're the we're the uh, we're the salad bowl of California. So <laughs> <laughs> we got red beans, got black beans, black eyed peas, huh? beans. Yeah, Green yeah. Beans. whatever you want to, whatever you want to do, dude. Yeah. yeah, it's funny. I like it when they um, like we have Colonel Claw. I think is our like mascot, whatever the the Condors guy. Oh, okay. So he's a he's the Condors, but every once in a while they bring out the one that's like his head is like a drop of it's supposed to be oil, but it looks like blood. Um, which I have a hat with that logo in it, where nice. like the, with the claw grabbing the little droplet of blood or whatever. But, <laughs> but uh, they'll bring him out and I'm like what who's he sub- like what is he? is he just buff buff oil or whatever like <laughs> I don't
0: know Bikersfield Oil Company Bikersfield. but the
1: buff bluffs dude bring it in
0: yeah, yeah. alright we'll, we'll start that anyway. anyways Roswell part two Art um, doing the research last week uh, for part one was I I'd said this a million times during the first episode was super confusing because the narrative was like yeah. all over the place right and I didn't understand why it was that way. And doing the research this week, it was a little bit different because it, 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 the gates started to open up, like picture, if you will, the gates to Jurassic Park just opening up. Welcome to Roswell, New Mexico, if you will. Yeah. And it's important to note, let's ratcon a little bit where we left off last week, where it was uh, they held the press conference uh, where you know Jesse Marcel he's holding like the this wreckage of this very pristine weather balloon, right? Apparently this fucking, this debris was sitting out in the middle of fucking, you know, Mac Brazel's, you know, goat ranch, you know, for a couple days, if not a couple weeks, if not a whole month, in the dusty-ass fucking New Mexico desert. And here it is in front of him, you know, a couple days later, after they collect the wreckage, and it's nice and pristine and whatnot. He's giving, like, this awkward look like, Yeah, I guess this is the balloon, and he goes off and he says this. He goes, you know, later on, and we'll get into how he says this. That you know, that absolute, that wreckage that you see in that photo, that very famous photo, is not the wreckage that myself and you know Mac Brazel uh, uh, picked up. Uh, That this was a good old fashioned bait and switch, you know, where it's just like this was a traditional weather balloon, uh, but the real debris went somewhere else. And last week I said, you know. We went from you know Roswell Air Force Base to D.C. Well, that was an incorrect uh, narrative, as it actually went to uh, Wright Patterson Air Force Base. Now, it wasn't always called Wright Patterson Air Force Base; Uh, it was called many other things. But basically, it's an Air Force base or an Army base at this time that was named after you know the Wright brothers. You know, Mm -hmm. so it was it was an aviation hub, if you will. And we could do a whole fucking episode about this, you know, later on. And we'll name it Hangar 18 for a reason. Uh, But basically uh, Wright-Patterson Air Force Base was a place that, you know, when the Air Force was actually founded, you know, became, you know, an extra branch of the military in 1947, September, literally like two months after the Roswell incident. Mm -hmm. uh, It was a place where, you know, they would take uh, World War II wreckage, you know, and reverse engineer it, you know, from German aircraft, uh, Japanese aircraft. Uh, and it was actually one of the places where, you know, P- Operation Paperclip, you know, where we took, you know, the German scientists over and, you know, we were, you know, figuring out like their technology and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they had what was called right-filled Labs. And what they did is they actually filled up six buildings uh, with a huge outdoor, you know, storage facility and a huge hangar, an airplane hangar. I don't know if you've ever been inside of a hair airplane hangar, but those motherfuckers are fucking massive. Yeah. Right? And they had so many um, aircrafts and vehicles, you know, from World War II that they were looking at their technology uh, to be able to use that, you know, it, it raised suspicion, if you will, right? Uh, but anyways, what I'm trying to get at here is if there was alien wreckage, the absolute place that it would be at would be at this Wright-Patterson Air Force base. Mm -hmm. And what happens from here is a conspiracy gets twisted out that, oh, there's this hangar that this aircraft was taken to called Hangar 18, and this is where it's currently stored, and there's underground facilities with, like, aliens. Like, you've seen Independence Day. They're in, like, these tubes and shit or whatever. And this is where they uh, reverse-engineered all alien uh, debris from this time period, you know, during this magical summer of 1947 where we're seeing all these UFOs. Well, this is where all the crashed UFOs are being taken, you know, and we're reverse engineering and taking that technology and coming up with things like Kevlar, fucking LED lighting, uh, fucking, you know, uh, cell phone chips and things like that Yeah, was from the reverse engineering things that were happening in Hangar 18.
1: Yeah. I mean, I've heard of the conspiracy theory of Hangar 18 and all the things that are tied to it. Um, it's not, you know, one of the one of the more popular ones, one of the more popular conspiracy theories, but it it always does feel like a conspiracy theory that there's like, okay, so how do all these like average Joes know about Hangar 18? Correct, and it's yeah. It's like you would think the government would be a little more secretive when it comes to things like that. Mm-hmm.
0: And they've, you know, and later on, like when they start to talk about it, there's no such place as Hangar 18, whether you b- choose to believe the government's official stance on that or not. Uh, but they're very much open about what they were doing at this time, which you got to think we're coming out of World War Two. Yeah. You best believe we were going to look at German and Japanese technology, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, and and then we're also entering into the Cold War. So we're actually actually capturing uh, Soviet technology, like there, my girlfriend was that organically not even knowing that we're covering Roswell this week again, was watching something about the Cold War, how we were capturing Soviet planes and Soviet spy vehicles and things like that, and taking it to fucking Wright Patterson Air Force Base to mm-hmm. basically look at their technology. So this actually was something that was going on, and this is where truth starts to get morphed into science fiction and myth. As you know, there's like books that come out, like in 1966, talking about this. Um, there's uh, movies, and uh, actually, like a 1974 uh, radio interview done with a Robert Spencer Carr, who becomes like a bigger deal
1: later on and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, really, the you know when did you say 1974? Uh, yeah. So really, that's when the 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 UFO thing starts picking up a little bit more because you know we talked about roswell last week and roswell was kind of it's you know it was kind of like a a story for that like little area it wasn't like a national story the way we know it now uh but one of the things that happened between then and the 70s is the term like ufologist really exploded and ufologists started to like Watch the sky and question everything, and like mm-hmm. you know, before that it was just like I saw something in the sky. I can't really explain it, and that was pretty much it. But ufologists took it to that next level, where like now we're gonna analyze, analyze it, you know. And it became kind of like this weird French style, which French style science that was going around. But it it really was you know late seventies when all of a sudden. The popularity of ufologists brought back, hey, remember Roswell? Like, there was a lot more there, more than meets the eyes. Yeah, because you're absolutely right. Like,
0: Roswell happened. It gets, you know, dispersed in the media that they captured a flying disc. And then the next day, they have to go back on their word. Again, like I said last week, there was a lot of trust in the government at that time, and it kind of just went away. So, from like the late 40s all the way up until like the late 70s, what we're talking about, like fucking 30 years. You know, it just like was a non-factor. Like, yeah. can you imagine? Like, we start going back on something, a new story that happened thirty years ago from here. Like, like something that happened like in the late nineties or, or early nineties or whatever. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Like, goddamn, it was like thirty years ago. Thirty years ago, yeah, it would
1: be ninety four. Ninety four, dude. Dude, that's wild. That that is
0: wild. That's if sad you,
1: and wild at the same time. Yeah, that's like OJ
0: Simpson thing happened like in ninety four. I think yeah. like. That's wild to think. Like in my mind, that happened two weeks ago. But yeah. But anyways, for that thirty-year period, like it was a total non-story. The Beatles have had come and gone during that time period. Mm-hmm. Led Zeppelin, like John Bonham, I think was already on his way out the door to like being passed away and whatnot. Uh, but that in-between time, and we're, again, we're talking about a time frame where. There wasn't cable television. It was very much just basic, you know, over the air TV. Radio was still a big deal. Obviously, there's no internet, newspapers, and, you know, fringe magazines are a thing. So it's easy for like a game of telephone to get, you know, spun. Again, I was trying to piece together like, how is there so many different narratives about Roswell out there? And it all goes back to that there was several UFO events that get misidentified as what happened to Roswell. Like I said last week, when I thought of Roswell, I thought like, oh, okay, there was an alien crash out in the middle of the desert in Roswell. Turns out it wasn't in Roswell. Uh, and they found all these alien bodies and whatnot and the government, you know, secretly you know, took them to uh, Hangar 18 and that's where they're keeping them until Will Smith has to fight them on Independence Day kind of thing. Mm. And it comes out that they were lying about it and that the UFOs and aliens are a real thing kind of thing, right? And it all be, it all is because of you know different stories like I said that gets misattributed to Roswell. Uh, we're talking about events like the Twin Falls hoax uh, that happened you know the day after Roswell, where two teens uh, faked an alien or UFO crash uh, using a, ju- a jukebox, uh, 1958. You were talking about the Aztec New Mexico crash, where supposedly 16 bodies and alien technology uh, was taken to. Hangar 18 in Wright-Patterson Air Force Base, uh, which Robert Spencer uh, Carr was talking about in his 1974 radio um, interview, mm-hmm. as well as other more famous alien um, stories, such as the Betty and Barney Hill story, where you first get introduced to great aliens. Now, before uh, Betty and Barney Hill, aliens were... Martians, you know, they were like the dude that you saw like on the Flintstones with like a space helmet and like yeah. little green antennas and whatnot. Yeah. Or they look like li- little lizard people and whatnot. It wasn't until Betty and Barney Hill they actually turned into gray aliens. So all these stories turn into this huge game of telephone where they get misattributed. Like ah, it, that it, happened in Roswell, where when you look at the original Roswell statements, no mention of bodies, no mention of aliens or crafts or anything. It was just like. Weird, uh, uh, tin foil and weird metal that got found.
1: Isn't uh Betty and Barney Hills um like granddaughter in the UFC? Oh wow, I don't know that. Let me look it up. I thought she was on on the Joe Rogan show. Really, that's worth like. Let's uh, let's look U- at that. UFC
0: is Betty and Barney Hills. Relative in the UFC, Angela Hill, the UFC fighter whose family are part. Oh wow, <laughs> that is true. Wow,
1: Angela Hill. Angela Hill. Yeah. Wow. Shout out to
0: her. Sometimes she's good.
1: <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't know UFC enough to know that, but yeah, I so her uh, granddaughter. Wow, that is UFC. crazy. Somewhere Jesus fighter. Fuentes
0: is, like, pulling out his, the rest of his six strands of hair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, uh, it's important to note, too, to go back a little bit. Uh, also, during this time frame, this is also where you see the erosion of the trust in government. Uh, during the in-between time between Roswell and the late 70s, as Art was talking about, you have incidents like Watergate that happened, uh, Vietnam uh, the Jimmy Carter administration, where, you know, a lot of people were angry with him. Um, and just in general, just like, you know, it just seemed like there was a lot of hush-hush uh, cover-ups by the United States government. Also, too, you know, the conspiracy with uh, JFK getting shot. I didn't write that down. but yeah. well, That popped into my head and whatnot. And then when you have projects like Project Sign that happened in 1948, 49, you have Project Grudge. And then Project Blue Book in 1952, where tons of money is going out to either prove uh, what alien or alien UFOs are and are not coming up with anything. And when they're coming up with something, they're being hidden. It creates like this big, huge uh, mistrust in the government that you start to just see that it gets snowballed all the way up until the late 70s. Now you have stuff like in the 1950s, you have the Air Technical Intelligence Center. Uh, which studied UFOs um, and sightings. Also, by 1969, you have the Foreign Technology Division, which studied 12,618 sightings, uh, concluding that 701 are unexplained. Uh, They sent the files to the United States Air Force Historical Research Center, who in turn ended up sending it to uh, the National Archives in 1976. So you get a lot of movement of like this information, which where you get people like Dale Gribble from King of the Hill, who's yeah. like, Why is the government doing all this? Like we should have access to all this. But in reality, it's just like, why would the government supply you that, Dale? We're in the middle of the Cold War. We're trying to protect our information from the Soviets because another thing's going on right now where like the formation of NATO's happening and the Soviet's big thing was is trying to intercept information from weaker countries who have weaker communications and whatnot. So, of course, the United States is acting in silence. But this is also, too, where you get that huge mistrust in the government.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I think you nailed it on the head when you talked about everything with, like, the JFK conspiracies and all this stuff. Like, the rise of conspiracies were... were through the roof. Even like the moon landing, like the moon landing oh, yeah, was a big duh. one, like <laughs> there were just like massive conspiracies were going on and then this one was just right for the picking. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know if you were going to get into it um you know, but maybe now's the time where uh is it Jesse Marcel like yes. finally decides to come out and he's interviewed about it and he talks about how there was a government cover up And not only was it a government cover-up, but there were bodies there. Uh, This was not a weather balloon. There was, there was, this was an alien crash. And he is basically on the forefront of this. And it basically blows up, you know. Because he's, when you think about it, there was three
0: first-hand witnesses to this. You got Mac Brazel, you got Jesse Marcel, and then you have, you know, the other, um, officer, um, (laughs) let me look it up right now. Um, Sheridan Cavett, and obviously by this time, I think uh, 1962, uh, Mac Brazel had passed away. Cavett pretty much just puts out one statement saying, like, oh, this is all bullshit. Like, it was just something secret. It was a secret mission that we can't get into too much detail about, but it's not extraterrestrial at all. But Jesse Marcel was going on on record talking to people like a Stanton Friedman, as well as Um, National Enquirer reporter Bob Pratt saying, giving pretty much like the conspiracy audiences what they wanted. Like, yeah, uh, it's it was extraterrestrial in nature, and all that bullshit that was in the photo that you see me in, none of that is what we found out in the field.
1: Mm, Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I I think it's uh, was it September 20th, 1980, he goes on the television show and search up and does an interview. Um and it basically this is really the moment that really blows up the uh the Roswell New Mexico crash and puts it on like this is the number one conspiracy theory like mm-hmm. not only that they lie to us but there's alien bodies there mm-hmm. which is pretty fucking crazy it kind of yeah. ties into like now with um was it David Grush or is that his name the, the David Grush yeah David Grush um how he talks about like yes we have like he doesn't call it alien bodies, but he calls it, like, non-human... Yeah. ...non-human bodies or whatever it is, and non-human technology. Like, it, it's a pretty interesting concept, because it's, like, I... I'm, on one side, I'm, like, I'm, like, no, this seems too fantastical. Like, the more you look into it, the more fantastical it is. And then the other side is, like, a lot of these guys are, like... Especially, you know, like, listening to the... Um, the day after Roswell book and like listening to David Grush, um, these are not nobodies, you know. Like I don't think they're just out there saying like, "Let me just fucking throw some shit at the wall and see if it'll land me a book deal" type of thing. <laughs> you yeah, know? these are guys that are like accomplished military like people, you know, that are not just like some tinfoil hat fucking.
0: Was it Eddie Bravo?
1: Yeah, it's, it's not. It's not that kind of thing, you know. So, yeah, I don't know. Pretty interesting stuff to, you know, it's really starts the starts the talking points here. Yeah.
0: And it's important to note, too, that, you know, then in, in 19. Yeah. So to go back a little bit. So I mentioned that Jesse Marcel was interviewed by Stan Freeman, who's a former nuclear physicist. And at the time, probably the foremost ufologist at the time as well. Uh, so he interviews Jesse Marcel. And that's where he tells him, like, he goes, hey, yeah, there is a cover up. The what the wreckage that you see in the picture is not actually what we found and that he believes that it's extraterrestrial the story starts to get a little bit like art said a little bit more fantastical when he starts to be interviewed by people like bob pratt who was a reporter for the national choir it gets misattributed that he told the national choir about this but it wasn't actually the national choir who uh, ran this story uh and then in 1980 he shows up on the tv show in search of which when we talk about like a lot of like these conspiracies and old things like in search of comes up a lot. Like we need to like find like the DVD box set of that shit yeah. and like just sit down, and, like have like a fucking marathon with that shit. Cause it seems like it'd be a good uh, place for research yeah. on a lot of these topics. I think but- in
1: search of was the show that made, um, what's that one, uh couple that would go around like doing like hauntings.
0: Oh, um, uh,
1: Oh God damn it. Um, the Annabelle yeah, fucking the,
0: owners. Oh fuck. Well, anyways, they yeah. did,
1: they did that story where I think they go to London and do that house that's in London that's supposed to yeah. be haunted and Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: You guys know what the fuck we're talking about and whatnot, right? But anyways, those three um stories that uh Jesse Marcel uh was a part of, this is where like a lot of the information is taken from. Is from those stories that Jesse Marcel gave these gave these people and whatnot right The only problem is is with Jesse Marcel is that his story would tend to change or grow every time he would retell the story. Now last week I mentioned that he uh, was telling you know a reporter which ended up being Stanton Friedman that oh you know I was the pilot that took the debris from Roswell to Fort Worth before it eventually went to uh, Wright-Patterson Air Force Base in Dayton, Ohio. Uh, As it turns out, he was never a pilot. Uh, Then he would be like, oh, no, actually, I was um, uh, a part of the the team that supervised it to get on there. And I guess that wasn't true. So there was like a lot of like when you go back and try to like measure up like what he was saying, like, you know, it it wasn't adding up kind of thing. And they go back and they debunk a lot of things like with his story or even his credentials. Um, And the only thing was, is like he was just tasked to recover the fucking debris and bring it back to his superiors. Because as it turns out, the actual debris that he got was above his head. So anything that he would have saw was above what he was supposed to know about. But anyways, people start to dig into Jesse Marcel's uh, background. And it's actually in his military file that he had a habit of lying and exaggerating the truth. And these were all documented even before the roswell incident even happened so it's important to know that it could have been like a strategic ploy yeah. by the military to be like
1: well we know he's gonna like I, I do think it's funny it's like why would the government be like hey this guy has a history of lying like i don't know it, it does feel a little bit fishy it, it I, goes if into I, if my I live in both camps this one does feel a little bit fishy that's like that's a weird thing to document and just be like, this guy has a weird, like, what, what is this a dating profile? like? <laughs> <laughs> Militarymatch.com. Yeah, it's like, oh, he's a liar. <laughs> ladies, he's a liar. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's one thing we know about ladies.
0: They love a yeah. good liar. Yeah. But, but yeah, no, like, that was written, like, into his military profile before <laughs> Roswell. So, and a lot of UFOlogists try to say, like, well, that could have been written by the government after the fact to discredit like, any of the yeah. stories. It's like, no, it's on, it's undocumented. Like, he was well documented. He even, I guess, lied about how he had like a master's in like chemical engineering. And it turns out he never went to college, I think, <laughs> you know? So it was like he had like a history of like yeah. tall tales and whatnot. Yeah. And it was, I mean, and it's on fact that like his story kept changing from person to person that he would tell these stories to. Uh, and then another thing comes out too after uh 1980s uh, in search of uh, a very popular book, which becomes the first solid narrative. Uh, which was called the Roswell in- incident, uh, which was written by Bill Moore, which popular popularized a lot of Marcel's claims, and this is where it added the alien bodies, which uh, Jesse Marcel never admitted to. This was uh, something that was added by Bill Moore in this book, the Roswell incident, and a lot of this narrative, again, like I said, like with like the Aztec, New Mexico, and the Twin Falls and the Betty and Barney Hill thing. Bill Moore does a thing too, like where he adds the bodies from a story which was uh came from uh the Plains of San Augustine incident, which happened about 150 miles from Roswell. Now, again, that depend these are all topics like Hangar 18, Betty and Barney Hill, Aztec, Twin Falls. These are all potential topics that we'll probably expand upon later on as the podcast ages and whatnot. Uh, But the Plains of San San Augustine was a whole separate incident 150 miles away, which basically is, like, from Bakersfield to past Disneyland, which I'll say, like, probably, like, Irvine or San Clemente, which is fairly more far away or whatnot, Mm -hmm. and happened a couple of years after Roswell. But this is where they kind of lump it all together, like, oh, it all happened, like, within, like, a one-mile radius of each other or whatever. This is where, like, the bodies were, quote-unquote, found, which you know, we'll get into later, but you know, Jesse as it turns out later on, Jesse Marcel denies he ever gave that information uh to Bill Moore. But Bill Moore's book becomes the narrative on what we now the modern Roswell incident happened.
1: Yeah. I mean the the okay, so the whole thing with the bodies becomes a very interesting thing. Like I it's hard for me not to want to just jump to these things. Oh no, yeah. Um because you'll hear things like there was a um a uh not a pallbearer, or what do they call uh a funeral home a funeral home that was like uh that got requested to have like child-sized coffins prepared for 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 them mm-hmm. and it's like i don't know that seems a little like far fetched like why would i mean i guess it was you know the 1940s or whatever so it's <laughs> like i guess they're just like just just put them in boxes you know like we're yeah, yeah, yeah. just them in you know, like, now I assume that they would probably put them in, like, fucking jars or something. <laughs> like, fancy jars. Like, like, Independence Day jars. Yeah. But, um, I don't know. I do think that, uh, that seems a little wild. Like, when you start looking into the bodies thing, the, but the bodies to me is, like, the telltale sign that makes me, like, be like, oh, maybe there was something there. Mm-hmm. Because, you fast forward to, like, where we were in the 90s. So, you know, past a lot of things. A lot of details are going to get skipped over in what I'm saying here but yeah, in the 90s the, the story comes out like oh there were bodies there but the reason why there were bodies there is because these these balloons were carrying like crash test dummies and these crash test dummies fell and crashed and burned and like that's why the bodies look smaller than they should have been and that's why they were missing fingers and, because they were burned off during the, during the crash. And then I was like why like okay so why would you leave that detail out that's a huge detail to just be like there were no bodies there there were no dummies there's nothing and then the 90s would be like yeah there were bodies there
0: so this again so i'm glad you brought it up the way you brought it up because you mentioned that last week is to it and i was like okay i didn't see any of that because again like i said like when 1947 happened no mention of bodies either by eyewitnesses uh, Mac Brazel, even Jesse Marcel, even Jesse Marcel, like he would come out and be like, "Yeah, I lied about a lot of things, ladies. I had a you know a, a girthy wiener, <laughs> and you know the tip, you know kind of." Tilts, tilts up use, so he can a hit a little something.
1: profile picture on his, uh, on his Instagram <laughs> where he's like leaning on his chin like that. Use that as his like dating profile picture. A glamour shot. Known liar.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. 17 <laughs> saves or whatever, right? Within the first 16 minutes.
1: Yeah. Shoots blanks. And <laughs> an
0: known liar. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, what I'm trying to say is like for 40 years or whatever, right, there was no mention of bodies until this book comes out. Now you know I, we're gonna Quentin Tarantino this shit that in '94 you know the U.S. military as well as the General Accounting Office, which is basically like internal affairs for like the United States government, is like, hey, we need to address this right now. Bill Clinton is being accused of having sex with Monica Lewinsky, and we need to distract everybody by talking about this incident that happened about forty years ago, whatever. What bring out all the the records from the National Archives and shit, right? And so they explain, and we'll get into it later what you know, actually happened, quote unquote, in Roswell. And then they're like, but what about the claims of bodies? And they're like, well, nobody ever said anything about bodies until later on. And then again, we'll we'll, Quentin Tarantino this shit. The bodies, what people were probably thinking of is like, yeah, we did have separate missions um, and, you know, uh, things that were going on. Uh, but the bodies were actually either misattributed to actual crashes with real servicemen and they cite like actual crashes, uh, a couple that happened like in 1956 and 1959 were KC-97 aircraft uh, where 11, um, you know, military men died and then, you know, two uh, servicemen were passed away, you know, uh, trying to service, I guess, like some kind of um, spy balloon uh, but they actually attribute to most of these uh, what, what was called Operation High Dive. Now they weren't putting dummies on balloons like you were indicating, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, what actually was happening? They were actually like doing high altitude uh, parachute tests from airplanes, and they would drop them from the airplanes, and you know to be able to test the see parachutes, see how where
1: they where a, a person could survive and not.
0: Well, that and how effective, like, certain parachutes would be and whatnot. Yeah, All sorts of shit that you don't really want to test with, like, real people like the Soviet Union were doing and yeah. whatnot, right? Uh, so, like, that's what they said, like, well, maybe that's, they're attributing to that because that happened in the early 50s all the way up until, like, the, you know, late 60s and whatnot. That could explain some of the bodies, quote, unquote, that happened. But, no, we never put them on weather balloons. This is something totally separate and auxiliary, uh that was going on in conjunction to what we're going to say later on mm-hmm. happened with uh the Roswell incident.
1: Yeah. Um while you were saying all that it reminded me uh you brought up Monica Lewinsky <laughs> <laughs> and and um didn't Monica Lewinsky date Tom Green the didn't they date for a while and then I went down this rabbit hole you were talking about like <laughs> People that Tom Green had dated. I guess he was married to uh, Drew, Drew Barrymore. Barrymore. Yeah. I was like, what in the world? Like, yeah. Remember
0: that really bad movie, Charlie's Angels? Like he was in it.
1: He was in it. Yeah,
0: because he was married to her.
1: That's wild, dude. I didn't know. I never saw it, but I know the movie. I know Drew Barrymore was in it. Yeah. But that's wild, dude. Tom Green. Mm-hmm. Just wild shit.
0: Funny guys finish first yeah. sometimes, man. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. sorry. Anyway, so again, again. This is I'm glad you brought all that up because that's where like the narrative starts to switch go wildly out of control is all like this differing information which is actually different from the facts and a lot of that comes from like that time period from you know the late 70s which we'll say like 1978 through the 1990s where like people like Stanton Friedman, William Moore, Kevin Randall interview all these witnesses in Roswell. Now we're talking about 30 at least 30 years in between the incident and their interviews and then it becomes 50 years in between that time frame and then 60 years then you have people who had already passed along and they're trying to recount the what happened in those events and then you get secondhand and sometimes third-hand events where it's just like well when i was a little girl my grandma said that she saw uh, little green men flying from flying out from the sky And then you got, you know, other things where it's just like, well, I never knew um, this person to be a liar. But he told me that, you know, the alien took him in the back of the shed and started opening up his butthole and playing with it and inserted like this tracking device. And then this government agent came and said, if you ever talk about this, we'll take away all your sheep. We'll take away all your cattle. And but if you stay quiet, we'll give you a brand new Ford F-150. Now I never knew (laughs) that, that that gentleman to ever tell a lie. So I believe him kind of thing and you would get like a lot of those interviews and that's where you start to get like those overlapping um, things of information and whatnot, and then they would be passed along as eyewitnesses to these events a couple of weeks ago we were talking about um, something similar to this like on the Patreon I believe and we were talking about remember about the leprechaun in the fucking oh, tree oh yeah leprechaun in the tree dude. eyewitness accounts sometimes are some of the most unreliable things because you get leprechaun in the tree kind of thing and then we're not even talking about firsthand eyewitness accounts like mac brazel and jesse marcel we're talking about second third hand uh from 30 40 years ago where my husband was out there in the truck and he said that he was talking to jesse marcel and then jesse marcel said and it was like a lot of that like and that's where i say like the game of telephone where it starts to like spin out of control and you get all these wildly different narratives
1: yeah i'm currently uh Cleaning out like my a bunch of stuff, a bunch of junk that I have in my mom's house. I'm gonna mm-hmm. find that leprechaun the tree shirt. Oh, please do, baby. Dude, I'm bringing that in. You can wear. You can just wear it once. Yeah. <laughs> just be uh, uncomfortable. I gotta, I gotta. It's gonna be like. It's gonna fit me like a baby tee at this point.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Trust me, I have a lot of shirts in that closet yeah. just like that or whatnot, right? Uh, but some of the most egregious um, secondhand and thirdhand st- uh, retelling of these events is even the son of Mac Brazel. Uh, who, remember, like I said last week, the story changes where it's like Mac Brazel found this debris by himself. Yeah. Mac Brazel had his son with him. Mac Brazel had a ranch hand with him. You know, so the story kept changing, but uh, when Mac Brazel died, his son Mac Brazel Jr. said, he. this is where you get the story of Mac Brazel being uh, incarcerated legally by the military, how they did all sorts of, you know, experiments to him to uh, keep his mouth shut. Um, but he said that in one of the books, uh, we'll just say for convenience sake, in <laughs> the Roswell incident. Mm. Uh, but eyewitness accounts as well as official records show that during the time frame that Mac Brazel Jr. was talking about that his dad was incarcerated by the military, There is was actual f- actually documentation that he was actually out and about in town. So mm. like even his story is unreliable at this time.
1: You know, one of the stories, and maybe I put too much into uh, into the uh, into the book itself, was the the day after Roswell. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's one of the ones where I think it was Philip J. Corso Corso uh, put that book together, and it's basically all the military events that were happening like shortly thereafter, and it all sounds very like to the point, And I, I like that about the book that it's very to the point and you, mm-hmm. it makes it sound very like, you know, like, uh, like hunt for red October to style, you yeah, know, yeah, like yeah. it's, it's very, it's a very interesting style book. But then if you look more into it, um, I believe it was, uh, in 2001, the guardian included the book in its list of top 10, literally hoax, literary hoaxes. And it's like, I'm sure that's something that you can't just do without, like, having some kind of, like, like some kind of proof behind it or else there's going to be a massive lawsuit behind there. Mm. And, like, it does make me, like, question, like, how much of the tr- book is true? Like, was only 50% of the book true? Was, you know, is it only 10% of the book is true? Like, wh- what... I'm I'm sure there's parts of it that are true.
0: And, I mean, I don't know the laws to, like, exact T, but I know there's... <clears throat> when it comes to things like that, right? So, like, I listen to like a, r- a lot of wrestling podcasts, and before like their autobiographies or anything can like go to print or whatever, like you know, a lawyer has to look it over to make sure that like, hey, if you're retelling this story, the other person in that story can't say that you know you're defaming them or whatnot, right? Because it's illegal. I, g- it's illegal to like lie. But it's not illegal to tell your story. So, the way you word it basically makes all the difference in the world. So, if you say, in my opinion, or from what I can remember, or from what, like keywords like that can get you, can skirt you around like any yeah. legal action or whatnot. Be, and I'm really glad you brought that up because this is where like the truth and conspiracy and misinformation start to all blend together because of. Little like nuances like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is also what what you're talking about, where like the theory about the Majestic 12. Again, we're not going to jump into the whole thing about that right now. Uh, That's probably a topic. That is definitely
1: a topic of its own. Yeah, Yeah,
0: like there's that is a humongous rabbit hole, but this is basically where you get the Majestic 12, which is basically in a nutshell a code name uh, for a secret committee of scientists and military leaders. And government officials, which was formed in 1947 after Roswell, quote unquote, uh, by order of President Harry S. Truman uh, to help explain and cover up um, the phenomenon of UFOs. Um, Now, this has been exposed as a hoax or just conspiracy or mythology or whatever. Right. But there is some truth behind it. Uh, Enter a special agent uh, with the Air Force Office of Special um, Investigations, Mr. Richard Doty, who factually, and there's, I think, even like a Netflix documentary about this. Now, it's not just exclusive to UFOs, but during this time frame between like the 50s all the way up until the late 80s, uh, you had special agents, Richard Doty being one of them, who would intentionally feed false information to conspiracy theorists and UFologists saying like, Hey, I have all these secret documents that the truth needs to get out there. If you help spread the word on this, right, we will reward you with more footage. Like and this is where you start to get the promise of like the alien autopsy uh video and whatnot, right? Mm -hmm. And You know, this is like a real thing that the United States government does, where it like feeds like special agents, like the in the CIA and stuff. They feed false information to distract you from the actually what's going on. Again, it's very important to mention that we're in a cold war with the Soviet Union. We're in fear constantly that they could light the bomb off, which in turn makes us want to hit the bomb you know as well when we're in nuclear (laughs) we're in a nuclear society and whatnot yeah but if we can distract everybody with like this ufo talk our secret you know aircraft that we're creating down you know in area in you know groom lake area 51 that'll take the you know the the attention away and make everyone focus over here kind of thing but basically you have richard Doty, like he's giving information to people like stanton friedman author bill moore uh, Lind Howe, uh, who was like a, a investigative journalist slash filmmaker or whatnot, right? And they're getting all this fake documents to them so they can go down these rabbit holes and get away from what that military and the government are actually doing. Again, this is where you get like the whole thing, like, oh, there is an alien autopsy video. If you yeah. if you keep if you spread if you put this in your independent journals and books or whatever. And you keep tabs on your fellow ufologists for us, and you give us feedback on that. We'll reward you eventually with the footage
1: of these alien autopsies. Yeah, um, it was definitely it. This is definitely where like the wild, wild west of like the ufology era type things where It was all over the place. Like mm-hmm. it's not, it's not like now where like you know the truth right away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It it was just I don't know. I I honestly like I I did, this is like. The era of the fax machine and like the game of telephone and all this stuff where like pagers were like high technology at that time and shit. Yeah. It was it was not a good and like steady form of relaying information from one point one to point from point A to point B. It was a lot of these were like relying on like who Art Bell's gonna have on his on his radio program.
0: Hundred percent. So it was kind of a weird time period. And it is weird too because like if you, if one of these people like Stanton Friedman or Bill Moore, and even like to bring Alex Jones into the fold, like if you're telling me that like, oh man, somebody within the government is giving me these documents, I'm like, motherfucker, you're full of shit. But like, no, that's something that actually happened and does still happen to this day. It's a wild tool, but like when you think about it, like, and we'll get into the reason why, like it's pretty genius. It sucks. It's to me, I think it's morally wrong. Mm-hmm. But like it's in a way, it's kind of genius now kind of again, Quentin Tarantino around a little bit in 1989. This is really where Roswell really explodes. And in my mind, I always thought like Roswell was like just consistently like this huge thing, this huge conspiracy whatever. But it doesn't become what it is today until our favorite show unsolved mysteries airs it good stuff dude i sent you the entire episode because it was yeah. really good like it's yeah. really entertaining i gotta watch
1: it i didn't get a chance to oh, watch you it motherfucker whatever. yeah right. i gotta watch
0: it but that'll probably be where <laughs> you get the sample for the beginning of the episode but uh 1989 uh in september uh this is where you start to see this the story grow and expand um this is where it gets introduced. You mentioned that the mortician, uh, who actually was a mortician's assistant, a uh, Mr. Glenn Dennis, uh, he tells in the Unsolved Mysteries episode that he was called about four or five times uh, by an Air Force base in Roswell uh, and asked about body preservation. Mm. You know, how would you preserve, you know, a body that's been out in the desert for X amount of time? And then also, too, how many small caskets do you have? So that's where you start to get that story and whatnot, right? And then that gets aired. And then the story, again, starts to explode even more. Um, He starts, uh, Glenn Davis, he starts, or Glenn Dennis, he, um, Glenn Baby Davis. There you go yeah. from the from this from, from the Celtics, the two thousand eight yeah. uh, yeah. championship Celtics. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, he he goes on, uh, you know the the you know the art bells and stuff, if you will, and he starts to put out there that um, that he actually knew a nurse who went to Hangar eighteen and witnessed the alien t- autopsy that we were talking about earlier.
1: Wow. Uh, I, I did not see this, but um, the uh, the whole story coming out of the caskets, I mean, I already touched on it earlier, but it is one of the more fascinating things I, I, f- I feel about this whole thing. Mm-hmm. The preservation of the bodies, how much of this is all true. You know, I don't know. Uh, I, I, this is not something I, I had heard of before, but... Mm-hmm continue but
0: yeah so this is where that's at now one thing that always gets mentioned uh when and last podcast on the left talked about this too like when people come out about these alien stories they always say like oh they 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 risk losing more uh by coming out with these stories than if they stayed quiet kind of thing and then you know from then on like they you know were um martyred in society because they were looked down upon or whatever. And that's just simply not the case. When Glenn Dennis uh, said all of this, like in 1989 and 1990, he actually teamed up with Walter Hot, who was actually... Sorry, I got a little bit of gas there. Yeah, no problem. Uh, <laughs> alien autopsy coming out. Uh, when he, he teamed up with Walter Hot, who was actually the press secretary who initially released Uh, the statement about finding the flying saucers. And then in 1991, and this is still available today, like it still stands in Roswell, New Mexico. You can actually go there and hang out there for a couple hours. Uh, But they actually founded with a real estate investor, the International UFO Museum. Now, to me, that looks like, oh, okay, you come out with this story, you attach yourself to the Roswell lore, and you actually stand to profit now from this story and it's important to note too that in 2001 again at the same time all these ufologists and conspiracy theorists are like looking into like the roswell incident and like adding on to all these stories there's a lot of debunkers out there i I believe it was a mr class he was like the most famous like ufo like um, um debunker and you know, total asshole though. Like he would go like on Larry King, call everyone like dumbasses and shit like that. <laughs> but uh, total asshole. But um, he was a, a the biggest skeptic, I could, I should say, yeah. or whatever, right? But whenever you put you know information out there in the universe, there is always going to be like those fact checkers, like even in the early days and whatnot. So I guess in two thousand one, it was discovered that no such nurse ever existed. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you know he was re- when he was telling his story about he saw a nurse you know or he knew a nurse who actually witnessed the alien autopsy being performed, and then later on in that year he admitted to lying about the whole incident. Oh,
1: put it on his uh, dating profile. Yeah, another his known Tinder liar. profile. <laughs> known liar. Yeah. So, um, and this is after the
0: fact, like you mentioned. I don't know if you said this before we started recording, but there was a huge. Uh,
1: what was it, like, 94, 95? Yeah, I would say that around the mid-'90s, that was that revival of uh those, like, uh alien autopsy-style shows. Yeah, like on Fox and yeah. shit, like where it was just like, we're going to show the real alien footage. Alien autopsy decoded or some shit like yeah, that. Yeah yeah, 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 and
0: they wait till like, the last five minutes to show the fucking yeah. thing or whatever, right? And then, I mean, I'll put the picture on the fucking YouTube video, but if you're listening to the audio... Like, it was very much like when Fox showed it, like, it was very much, it looked fake as fuck, right? Mm-hmm. And then you get all these, like, video analysis, like, competing on both sides saying, like, oh, no, it has to be real because uh, the, our technology at this time, like, John Carpenter's the thing, couldn't even recreate this kind of thing. And then you have, like, Hollywood, aspects, Hollywood effects specialists being like, yeah, no, that's easy. I can do that, like, on my lunch break kind of yeah. thing so you had all these competing uh, theories as it turns out like somebody um behind that footage was saying like oh no that's not the real footage uh the real footage we can't show because the u.s government compensated it and they said that they would you know murder my family like if i showed the real footage and kind of thing so it kind of like this game of ping pong uh, was going back and forth about this footage but like i said in 2001 It comes out that Glenn Davis, Glenn, Glenn Baby Davis. Glenn Baby Davis. (laughs) He's always good
1: for seven and seven. Yeah, there you go. Seven points, seven rebounds. Seven turnovers. He he plays hard on D, (laughs) you know. Look at you, those six
0: fouls on Shaq, too. Uh, But anyways, Glenn Dennis actually comes out and says he lied about the whole thing to profit for his museum,
1: which is still there to this day. Did they ever officially debunk the alien autopsy video? That's something that sits right now as
0: like it just depends on what you believe in. There is uh, people who have said that they have debunked it, and the people that believe it's real are steadfast in believing that it's real. So I mean, who knows? But to me, I'm I'm in the camp of like, yeah, that shit looks fake as fuck.
1: Um, Yeah, it's a it's a, whoops, I misspelled, uh, autopsy, but uh, but uh, that's a. It's funny because one I could see how it I don't think it the thing that makes me feel sorry, I was like totally like just tripped on all my words there for a second. but the thing that makes me feel that it's fake is not so much the alien body because I actually think the alien body looks pretty good. Mm-hmm. I think it's all the stuff behind it. Like you're telling me this is in a garment facility, like and and maybe it was like in a rush. like I'm trying to, you know, I don't want the skeptics to to get mad at me or not the skeptics, but I don't want the believers to get mad at me, but uh-huh. like like it does look a little low budget like you could rent a room like that and like get get something going like that but obviously i don't know i'm not that familiar with like operation rooms of the 1940s and what they look like maybe this was the state of the art mm-hmm. shit back in the 19 1940s but um perhaps yeah yeah i don't know it's a rough one but but for me that is the the um the 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 sign of this might not be real. Uh, one, another thing too that makes
0: it make me feel like they, it's not real is that that the way the alien looks, not just because it looks fake to me, but it looks like of its time kind of thing, right? As time goes on, aliens go from looking like, um, like I said, that guy from the Flintstones to. Uh-huh. Now, present time, like they look like Alien versus Predator. What's his or name? The,
1: the guy from the Flintstones? Oh, that's. Because I always think he looks like Aaron Rodgers when Aaron Rodgers played with the Packers. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers always had like an abnormally large helmet. That's true, yeah. And it's like, isn't it like Jupe Jube or something like that? Something like yeah, that. Yeah, something right? weird like that.
0: But like, it looks like of its time kind of thing. Like, you know, in the 80s, you get like that. Um, the Dave Moton gray, like with the big, like almond shaped eyes and the gray, whatever. But it looks like very much like a 1950s, 1960s, like a uh, sci-fi uh, thing that was put together kind of thing. And like, to me, like that's like, to me, that's like the telltale sign of it to, uh, as well. Like we're like the, the technology of its appearance looks very much of its time.
1: Yeah. I guess I, I guess I agree with you on that. Um, it's, it's a pretty wild video though. I do recommend if if people don't know what we're talking about, like go out and watch it because it is it is uh it is an interesting it is an interesting video. I yeah. think it holds up. I'll be honest with you, I think it holds up enough where it's like I still question whether it's real or not. Perhaps. <laughs> I real question mark.
0: Yeah, so anyways, um like I mentioned earlier with like a little Richard Doty. Uh, it was very much a concentrated attack also to create division within the UFO community. Uh, you, at this time you have the Center for UFO Studies, uh CUFOS. I'm is- just
1: going to say it's real because I just saw that Watch Mojo has it as its most infas- infas- infamous UFO hoaxes. So just to go against Watch Mojo, I'm going to put it as my it's real 100%. There
0: you go. Uh, so, anyways, the Center for UFO Studies, which their acronym is CUFOS, and then the Mutual UFO Network, MUFON, uh, disagreed because of there being so many different narratives. So that creates division within the U.S. or the UFO community, which was a very much a concentrated attack by a Mister Richard Doty. Uh, also, too, it's important to note for this time frame. About 93, 94, and 97, uh, three important events happened. Uh, congressman uh, from New Mexico, Representative Stephen Schiff, uh, did an inquiry. Now, we don't know if he did this under his own volition or if it was because, you know, he was a representative for New Mexico and he had a lot of constituents asking him, like, hey, what's up with Roswell? Like, we want the answers to this shit, right? So he does a, uh, an inquiry through the General Accounting Office now I mentioned, you know, that the General Accounting Office is pretty much like internal affairs uh, for the federal government, uh, but more or less, it's basically like just to audit everything. So audit, you know, official records and whatnot, because it's important to know. Like in the past, there had been other like senators and whatnot. I believe, like I, I believe a 19- senator Harry Reid, him too, yeah. Senator Barry Goldwater in 1988. He stated that he asked General Curtis, Le- Curtis LeMay if he could have, have access to the secret UFO room in um, you know, Wright-Patterson Air Force Base, and I guess he was told no, and don't you ever mention that again. Now, this is a general telling an actual senator like, yeah. to shut your fucking mouth or whatever, right? So Stephen Sherry, Very The Rock. You know, yeah. bury,
1: <laughs> shut your pie hole. What does he say? Like, know your role. Know your role and shut your mouth get in the kitchen bitch get in the kitchen yeah it's a like very abusive <laughs> husband that's a very creepy song he has yeah, yeah.
0: well he was it was a heel he was a bad guy for yeah. the 90s but anyways um, so he, he sent a, an inquiry to the general accounting office uh, who uh, which audited and directed the office of the United States Air Force Secretary to also do an internal review. So there was two reviews going on con- concurrently. The the General Accounting Office was gonna uh, audit you know all official records like we're talking about like the the National Archives. It's just like anything, any documentation that we have. Again, we had a history you know through Project Sign, Project Grudge, Project Blue Book. We're gonna comb over everything to see what information we have on the Roswell incident through their investigation or what they're going to you know put out there, to kind of give the ufologists their due, they were able to find that like, yeah, there is a lot of talk about, you know, flying discs and UFOs. Again, I think I said something like there was like 700 unexplained UFOs out there. Like we found a lot of stuff about that, but we didn't find much about Roswell after 1948. You know, this it just doesn't come into the fold ever again, you know, throughout history. Then uh, the United States Air Force, um, uh, Lieutenant James McAndrew, who is a declassification officer, he actually just declassified a lot of the you know the paperwork on the Roswell incident, and he says uh, basically when civilians and personnel from Roswell AAF stumble upon the highly classified project and collected debris, no one at Roswell had the need to know information about. Or concerning what he said was about Project Mogul. Hmm. Now, depending on where you lie on Roswell, you're either in the boat that the United States military found a crashed UFO or crashed bodies and whatnot, and the U.S. government was covering it up by talking about, oh, it was just a weather balloon. Or you land on more of the skeptic side, where the 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 government is coming out in '94 saying, hey, yeah, we were covering up something. We did, yeah, for a fact, Jesse Marcel was not lying about this. We did switch out the debris with a regular-ass, clean-ass fucking uh, weather balloon because we were covering up for what was called Project Mogul. Mm -hmm. Now, what Project Mogul was, again, a whole other fucking topic for a whole other time, but in a Mm -hmm. nutshell, what Project Mogul was was the United States government spying, in a way, on the Soviet Union. Again, we're living in the times of the Cold War. NATO had just gotten formed, and everybody was living in fear of a nuclear holocaust. And we were testing nuclear bombs. Like, that's for a fucking fact. That's how you get Godzilla, 1997's Godzilla, and shit, and Puff Daddy, you know, and that glorious classic of a movie. We're testing nuclear bombs, but we also want to make sure that our enemy, we want to monitor how their what, when, when, what, when, where, and why they're testing their nuclear bombs. And the way that they were doing is they invented this technology where you send these balloons up in the air and it has these recording devices and it can actually capture um, movement in the atmosphere, which could only be created by an atomic bomb. Mm-hmm. And so that's what they admitted to. Yeah, it was a cover-up, but it was us sending out these balloons and when you look up those balloons for Project Mogul, they look weird as fuck. They don't look like regular ass weather balloons or Chinese spy balloons or whatnot, right? Mm-hmm. Or the balloons that you see in front of Jesse Marcel. Like they look like weird with weird ge- geometric shapes and, you know, like they could weird be weird gobbledygook. Yeah, like they could look like um, it, with the right angle, like they could look like flying saucers, if you will.
1: Yeah huh uh interesting i oh man like it's you know it's funny how like history just repeats itself right like you know fast forward to 2022 the beginning of 2022 or 2023 yeah 2023 the beginning of last year we're in 2024 sir yeah um You know, we were seeing all those like weather balloons, spy balloons, whatever you want to call them. The United States government was shooting down things that, you know, they weren't able to recover any pieces of, according to them. Whether they were or not, we don't know. We may never know. But you know,
0: when Archie has
1: his own podcast, yeah, 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 down the line where he talks about like thirty years ago, man, can you believe it's been thirty years? (laughs) Uh, But anyways, uh, when it's like, I'm sure we'll find out more. But you know, one was shot over. Uh, Alaska, one was f- shot, I think over Canada, and one mm. was shot over like Lake Michigan. Correct. And it's like, n- uh, none of them were there. Any reports of like, oh, we shot it down. This is what it is. But the one that was like very obviously a weather balloon. If you look back at that, there's so much evidence that it would like they had footage. They had like Navy SEAL Team Six right there, like ready to cover the alien, like the alien, the the balloon, the, the balloon, and all this stuff. Like it was. It was, you know, you you can Google it, like, you know, United States Recovering Balloon, and it'll pop up right away. But if you look up anything on those other three, there's nothing. There's no information. There's no pictures. There's, like, you know, there's, you know, the history of it happening, but then that's about it. That's about as far as there's you're no going to go with documentation of it. Yeah. So... Just an interesting just an interesting footnote to mm-hmm. to uh throw out there.
0: Which you know it could, you know, throw out that like mistrust again. You know, what is this? Yeah. Like is this something we should be scared about? You know, is it China or the Russians or something like that? <clears throat> you no, know, I throw out there that, you know that it was Project Mogul or whatnot, and I'll get into why I and I hate to be a homer for the government, why I believe that it was this, I'll get into that in a second. But there was other competing theories out there, which I thought were interesting.
1: And, and nothing—I'm not trying to be like anti-government or anything like that. But because I do think that, like, it is—it is important for the government to keep secrets. Like, I'm—I'm I'm just saying, like, whether this is the actual like story, like, how true is this? I'm—I'm I'm saying I don't believe that it's one hundred percent true, but I'm also saying that. It is in our government's best interest because you know there's a lot of like enemies, foreign and domestic. That like you know you don't want to show all your cards, you know. In in the global world of poker, you're not hundred really percent like look what I found, you know. Like I was going to use the exact same example. So yeah. it's like you know you can't do that. It is a smart thing for the United States government to like keep some things close to the best type thing. Hundred um, percent.
0: But there were competing theories um, even before and after this. Um, I mentioned last week you know with the hieroglyphics that were found like on the tape or whatever yeah. a lot of people believed you know during that time frame it was the Russians, it was the Soviets um, you know for obvious you know reasons or whatever like that was our fucking enemy at the time yeah. uh, other another enemy that we had at the time as well is uh, the Japanese. They believed it could have been the Japanese and the reason why they were weird looking is racism one yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. and that they were Japanese or whatever right. And one thing that I thought that um, was fucked up, a fucked up theory, and I, I believe, and I forgot to write like the person's name down who thought of this theory, but I i didn't put much weight behind this theory because I didn't think it was correct. Uh, but they wrote in a book, like I believe like in 86, saying that they believed that it was Joseph Stalin's way of creating a distraction. Basically, to create A second War of the Worlds radio broadcast (laughs) uh, by intentionally crashing, you know, a Soviet, new Soviet plane. This is fucked up with mentally challenged individuals into the Roswell Desert, making them look like uh, aliens because he was also doing a project, paperclip style project, which was he harbored Joseph Mengele who was, you know, the angel of death. We did a whole episode about him, right? Slayer did a whole yeah. fantastic song about him too, like where he did like those experiments on the Jews where he the bodies looked weird because they were mentally challenged individuals who had their heads cracked open and add extra cranial skeletal things on them and were injected with all sorts of things. That's why they had the body bloat and stuff like that. That's why they look humanoid in the alien autopsy videos, because they're actually human, but -hmm. they were, one, mentally challenged.
1: What project was this?
0: uh, Well, for us, we called it Project Paperclip, but the Soviets also had their version of it, too. I don't know how to say paperclip in Russian, but Uh they had their own thing, but then they harbored Joseph Mengele, the angel of death, who did all the experiments on him, but that's was him to create chaos where they're like, oh, shit, there's UFOs. They can jam up all the United States and NATO communications device and, ent- and where they can come in through the back door and attack us kind of thing. Obviously, that didn't fucking happen, so that's why I don't think that's what it was. I don't think it was racism where <laughs> it was the Japanese sending their folks down or whatever. Uh, but then it gets a little bit more fantastical where it was God. <laughs> Uh, okay, uh, testing our faith. <laughs> yeah, like dinosaur bones and things like that. Exactly. Also, too, it was the on the other end of it, it was the devil. He crashed him down, or he crashed his demons down into Earth, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then another one I thought that was interesting was it was actually our military who shot down a UFO alien aircraft, and this was them covering it up.
1: It's a possibility. I I definitely so I guess if we can get into like our personal theories of this, I definitely believe in David Grush or David Grosh or whatever, however you want to pronounce his name. I, I definitely believe in what he's saying. I believe that he, he believes in what he's talking about. Um, and I think it would be really like, like, like after just doing so many episodes of this podcast, like, I'm pretty sure that there is, like, I don't know, I want to say extraterrestrial life, whether it's like interdimensional life or whatever it is. That part, I think that there's definitely other things out there besides us, and I think that I, um, I think our government knows way more than 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 they're letting on, letting us know, which is, again, fine. Like I totally get it. You don't want to be like, oh, we found a portal to like you know, whatever Narnia. So like, <laughs> there's a fucking talking lion. Yeah. There's a fucking man with little hoof feet. <laughs> a pan. <laughs> yeah. It's like, uh, so it's like, okay. Yeah. So like, you obviously don't want to like show all your cards. Uh, but I definitely believe in what he's saying. Cause I do think what he's saying is, is very like very interesting and, and very possible. And mm-hmm. like, I, you know, Things like Skinwalker Ranch and all that stuff, like it for the all, record it,
0: that I didn't bring it up. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Th-
1: things like that. Like you know, they're very, they're very possible. Like you know, in mm-hmm. like the weird things that are going on there. He talked about how you know I'd listened to his Joe Rogan podcast. He had. Oh wow, I, I didn't know he was on Rogan. Oh dude, you have to listen to it. I think he's on there twice. Whoa. You have to listen you That's have
0: six hours of content right you there.
1: You have to listen to his interviews on there. Okay. Because they're so good. And I think Joe Rogan does a good job interviewing him. Mm-hmm. Um But he one of the things that he talks about is he talks about how, you know, we're three dimensional beings operating in a three dimensional like sphere, whatever. Yeah. You know, like okay, I get it. And he talks about like when he talks about interdimensional beings, you know, there are things like like shadow like a shadow operates in a two-dimensional flat flat plane like that and then he talks about like you know a fifth dimensional being like what would that be like how we interact with the two-dimensional flat surface is like only on some occasions when we see shadows and things like that maybe that's when we see a fifth dimensional being or a fourth dimensional being where it's like maybe that's when we see a ghost or something like that. It was a very very interesting conversation wow. that he I, had and it it made me like be like the government knows something. Like I was oh, like I I 100%. feel like that there's there's more than than meets the eye there. Yeah, 100%. And, uh, yeah, I extremely recommend both of his interviews.
0: Oh, cool. <clears throat> I guess where I land like it as a whole, like I agree with you kind of thing. Like I purposely two out hour, two hours of podcasting about Roswell. I intentionally tried not to mention my favorite show, The Secret of Skinwalker Ranch, because yeah. they are finding weird, creepy ass shit like that. Dimensions, wormholes, and things like that. Inter-di- possible interdimensional uh, activity, if you will. Um, I totally believe in that. Put all my chips into that motherfucking shit. If I was Jesus Fuentes, I'd put all my stock from Dogecoin yeah. into that theory and whatnot, yeah. right? Um, mm-hmm. Which is a real thing. He has a lot of stock in Dogecoin. That sucks uh, for him. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But anyways, um, as far as like, and that's on a macro level. On a micro level, I started this topic like 100% like on board. Like we're going to get, folks, we're going to find the secrets to Roswell here. We're going to get down to the truth. And I remember texting you in the middle of this week and I was like, I hate to spoil like my position on this, but I was like, man, I feel like it's a lot of bullshit. And the reason why I land on that is just because like when you look at like the initial what was initially said like in 1947, right? You have all this shit that's popping off in the news. This guy finds a bunch of shit in the middle of his um, his ranch and he doesn't know what the fuck it is. He's seen weather balloons before. and He knows that's not a weather balloon, but he's just like it's not alarming enough for him to to load up Lassie in his fucking, you know, S10 pickup and head down to the sheriff's office and, you know, report it or whatever, right? He lets it fucking sit there a few days. So it tells me right off the bat, oh, shit, it's not important enough to fucking make a big deal out of it, right? Second of all, like, what they actually say afterwards is just like, oh, it's a bunch of fucking weird debris. Bunch of gobbledygook. Bunch of gobbledygook or whatever. The government comes out on a holiday weekend, you know, not their best people, saying like, oh, it's part of these flying saucers. You look back at what flying saucers were back in the day, they weren't considered alien, they were considered fucking, you know, uh, pinko commie bastards, if you will. It was Soviets, it was the Nazis, it was the Japs, if you will, whatnot, mm-hmm. right? That's me paraphrasing, not me being racist. Yeah. Love the Japanese culture. Shout out to Carrie Sane. I love that girl. But anyways, um <laughs> I don't I did, know who that is. I assume she's an adult film actress. She's not. She's a professional wrestler. Oh, okay. All yeah. right, cool. But I wish he would have a table like page. <laughs> that would be awesome. But anyways, I digress on that. Uh, but anyways, there's 30 years of silence. Then all this bullshit comes out. You got all these people interjecting their third, fourth-hand accounts. You have known liars coming out telling different stories to the National Enquirer. St- Stanton Friedman, who's not the most reliable source. You know, he's not. You know, um, you know the the most efficient journalist you can tell this story to. Um, you have all the like different stories. Then you got books that are exaggerating the truth. Um, and then it comes out just like the, where the government's saying, like, yeah, we here's the proof that we do put out fake information to get the scent off of the trail. What are you trying to get the scent off the trail with? Oh, it's this Project Mogul. We were again the biggest thing happening in our world at for our country at this time. Like, yeah, we were seeing weird shit in the sky. But we were trying to fucking, you know, make sure that that weird shit in the sky wasn't the Soviets. So we were putting up our own fucking weird-ass weather balloons. If you look at the pictures of these weird-ass weather balloons, like documented fact, not for the convenience of explaining Roswell, but to document the actual project that we were fucking getting earmarked billions of dollars for, they looked weird as fuck. They could look like alien activities. When you look at uh, what happened... And with Project Mogul, flight number four from Alamogordo Airfield, which was not close to Roswell, but close to Corona, where the actual debris was found, um, six of the, the, I guess they launched about uh, a train of uh, balloons. One of the balloons drift about, drifted away, 17 miles away from where they launched it from, which would have put it in um, the pathway for Corona, New Mexico, during the time frame where there was a weather event with lightning and thunder and whatnot, which would have caused it to crash exactly there. It's documented, but they lost track of it. That's why there was a big scramble to explain what it was because it's like, we can't have the Soviets know about this shit that we're looking at them uh, when they're testing their atomic bombs. We don't want them to know that that, that, that we have the capability of watching them. So to me, it makes more sense when you start to open up the facts, like the undeniable facts compared to like, well, that doesn't work for my narrative kind of thing. Like it has to be the alien bodies, which we've which has been on file, like the person saying that there was an alien autopsy admitted to it being fake. You know, all these people like being exposed as lying about it or whatever. Right. And when the people saying the fantastical thing are proven to be less trustworthy than the actual government who's admitting to you that they weren't being, you know, a hundred percent truthful, but telling you why it reminds me of a, um, in the sixth grade when my dare officer was telling us a funny story about his wife, um, breaking up or his fiance breaking up with him for a while because during the day he was a dare officer and a BPD police officer or whatever. But at night he was moonlighting at Domino's pizza so he can, you know, afford. Again, this is why it's important that we need to pay our civil servants some more. But at night, he was uh, moonlighting to buy, a, you know, an engagement ring for her. And this whole time, she kept accusing him of like, "Oh, you're cheating on me. You're out all the time. You never, you know, uh, come home. And when you come home, you're tired. You're exhausted. Like, like all these things, all these red flags, if you will, right? Yeah. And he's like, when the truth comes out, he's like, "Hey, I was doing this to give you this, but I couldn't." tell you that's what I was doing because it would have ruined what I was working for kind of thing. And it kind of reminds me of this. Now,
1: their ex- the Air Force's explanation. What, what grade were you in when he told you this? The sixth grade, sir. He was talking to sixth graders about this? <laughs> Dude, you know, hey man, depression comes in all shapes and stuff. <laughs> <like. laughs> hey, sixth graders, sit down. It's like very Coach McGurk. I don't know if you ever watched that movie, that show Home Movies. Oh, no. But uh, that's basically how Coach McGurk would be just like telling like these depressing stories to all yeah. these like 5th and 6th graders.
0: Now that you mention it, why would you tell the 6th grader that story? Yeah. But but it stuck with me. But this is what it kind of, but this kind of what it reminds me of like yes, we were lying to you, but it was for a good reason. We were playing a game of world poker here and we couldn't expose our hand.
1: Yeah, I get it. I get you. Yeah.
0: But I mean, that's where I lie with it. I mean, it could change as more information comes out, but as of this time, it looks it looks more ridiculous to say that it was crashed alien bodies that they were coming up when there's absolutely no proof of it,
1: yeah, yeah, I guess you're right, yeah, but anyway,, yeah. uh, that's all I got. Tell you about me bit more sorry, you know what it's funny i I told you on the patreon child, listen to the patreon, but I told you I was like taking some some medication. It is making me really tired and like very like sleepy, sleepy, like not only have I not been drinking caffeine for a while now but like it is make like i've yawned like 20 not because i'm like this is boring or anything like that but like i just you know it's still early in the day it's not even noon yet no and i'm like my goodness like i definitely feel the the effects of of this medication there's all kinds of like random things where i feel like like acid reflexy or whatever like and and like which i knew i read the i read what were some of the side effects but definitely the tired and fatigued thing part of it is like definitely kicking in but you don't have any anal leakage no anal leakage okay. knock on wood one, I think of, that, my, I think one that's of my favorite dri- things about this medication is you know i don't want to look too much into it because i don't want to develop a new anxiety and fear but uh one of them was coma like to where the side effects was like you can end up in a coma and i'm like I definitely don't want that but i don't know it's just funny right. it's just funny when they list off all these things it's like that are like could happen or whatever, and it's like, man, that's fucking terrible. Don't ever look at the side effects. Even like baby aspirin is like, <laughs> death, <laughs> anal leakage. Yeah,
0: yeah. I think that's where I draw the line with medication. Yeah. I can't have my anus leaking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Wild anyways, shit. Roswell, New Mexico, guys, the Roswell incident.
1: I I would like to hear what people's opinions are on it because I do think that. I agree with you that it is a little bit far-fetched for all this to happen. At the same time, I do think that there's some very credible individuals mm-hmm. that, like, I encourage you to listen to that David Grush interview on Joe Rogan's podcast.
0: My only thing with that is, is like, even with David Grush, it's always like second, third-hand information. Yeah, and it's and like I and that's get what that. hurts it a little bit. But I do think like it's again like i said and the, on the macro sense i totally believe that there is something out there but at the same time like i do think that when we're trying to find out what it is the government makes the circle so small and to be able to keep it small and this goes into the whole theory too like that doesn't make any sense for me is that you're telling me that a bunch of people who are notoriously for pointing out how inefficient the government is Is in this one micro sense going to tell me how efficient the government is here? Like, even that whole story of, like, where they had the FCC call, like, the fucking radio station to threaten to pull the license. You mean to tell me, like, in a time before the internet and instant messaging and stuff, like, two federal agencies are going to work that fast and that efficiently with
1: with each other? Like, that is far-fetched as fuck. Well, yeah, but that, I feel like that almost makes the opposite point. Like, they did not, like, things were not working very well. That's why there was so much, like, hoopla going on, newspapers saying we found a flying saucer, all this stuff. Like, there was so much, like, random, like, gibberish. Like, you know, conspiracy theorists get on the case of, like, of, like 9-11 because all the facts weren't in right away. And, like, you know, or, like, Sandy Hook. Like, Sandy Hook, like, there was footage of, like, of a different school during some of the, some of the broadcasts or whatever. And they harp on things like that, that are just like, Oh, how could they have gotten this wrong? You know, all the Alex Joneses of the world or whatever. This was like, the misinformation was way out. Like it was, things were like, boof, like way out, like left field, all this random stuff. And like, it took years and years and years to like, put out the, like, actual, like, this is mm-hmm. the government's official stance on this. Which, even, like, the timing, too, like, when they actually put it out, it was like, alright, the Cold War's over. Yeah. We can come
0: clean or whatever. Which, I mean, to me, makes sense as well, but I mean, that's just me,
1: but. Yeah. I'll, I'll be honest with you, I don't know. I don't have a super strong take on this one. It's not like, you know, when we did Moon Landing and I felt really strong about, like, I don't think we landed on the moon. This one, I feel like, it. I can go 50-50. I'm, I'm like, I, I can go either way with this one. Mm-hmm. I can honestly see this one being, yes, the government recovered some kind of alien craft and, like, and they've been s- studying it for all these years and, all, you know, whatever. Totally can see that. And I can totally see how it's just a bunch of, like, some random rednecks that he found something and then it turned into, like, the, mo- the biggest UFO story that never happened.
0: Yeah. Bunch of he said, she said bullshit.
1: It's all about the he said, she said bullshit.
0: (laughs) I stole that from Marcus Sparks. But anyways, guys, if you have any opinions about this topic, hit us up on all the social medias, at Arden Jacob do America. Except for Twitter, we are at, or fuck, it's not even Twitter, except for X. X. X gon' give it to you. Throw up the X. Hit us up there. Uh, at R and Jacob do a one cause goddamn son sometimes that's just how a steak is done tell us your theories tell me how I'm wrong how I misinterpreted the truth that I'm just a shill for the government or whatever I don't give a fuck hit us up there uh, if you want to help support this podcast guys uh, hit us up on the Patreon at Art America dot com or Patreon dot com slash r and Jacob do America, com, Jacob do America. Uh, donate one dollar two dollars three dollars however much you want to donate you can be a superstar like Jesus Gutierrez and donate like seventeen ninety nine. however much he is up damn, to this week damn what a baller. Damn, easy. Us. Saint, Saint of Bakersfield. Um, but you'll get a bonus episode every single week. If you like us here, you'll love us on the Patreon. I guarantee it, like the motherfucking men the warehouse. So go on over there, support us. If you want to support us in any other way, guys, head on over to america.com Follow the merch links where we currently have four designs up for your purchasing pleasure. And it's not so much to help us monetarily as we probably see a couple cents from every purchase made over there. But it's more or less to help promote this podcast. So if you go to Roswell, New Mexico, and you go to Glenn Baby Davis's fucking <laughs> UFO <laughs> museum with uh, you know uh, where he's you know uh, still hawking those lies that he wants to tell, um, wear an R. Jacob Doomerick t-shirt. Maybe they'll somebody there will download this episode, have a change of heart, or maybe want to fight us physically or over the internet. Who knows? But anyways, it'll get people to download the episodes because you are a walking billboard you will. Um, if you want to ha- check out other great podcasts, I know Sofa King did a podcast on this and I forgot to listen to it, but nine times out of ten, I didn't listen to it. Either. Yeah, they fucking kill it, whatever they do. Shout out to Dave Moton. Alien played with his butt one time, so he's a full-on fucking believer of yeah. Yeah, Roswell it was an alien cover-up, so check them out. Uh, go to Podbelly.com, uh, check out Sofa King as well as uh, Hillbilly Horror Stories, Robots for Eyes, and Paranormal Punchers. But with that said, guys, I am... Glad I am done with this fucking topic. It's a massive one. It is a massive one. It takes up a lot of fucking space in the old cranial cavity. And I don't have a big ass alien head like the alien autopsy body. So, with that said, guys, goodbye and good night. Good night. Go watch.